And now joining us is U.S. Obama Richard Hirschman. He was on with us in episode 74 with John O'Looney from the U.K., from Brenton, our own Brenton Faithful here in New Zealand. Uh, he has the goods on what he sees at the end of life. Now, this is the ultimately what happens um, when you take this clot shot, Satan stab, um, the depopulation, poison, whatever you want to call it. It is real. It is happening. And um, he has the receipts to prove that. Welcome to the show, Richard, and thanks very much for coming back again. God bless you both, Hannah and Kelvin. I'm 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 proud to be a part of of, of what y'all are doing uh, for Baby Will. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, now, last time we spoke with you, you know, you showed us uh, what you're p- uh, pulling out of the bodies. You know, the um, the, the white fibrous uh, clots. Um, you were in the process of getting them um, analyzed by a number of different. Uh, uh, pathologists and different labs. Where are you at with that? Have you had any more feedback? Do we know, are we any closer to understanding exactly what you're pulling out of these cadavers? Um, not exactly. It seems like, you know, the wheels of a lot of this stuff run awful slow. Uh, again, Dr. Ryan Cole talks about the clots. He calls them amyloid-like. Um, I just heard him on an interview recently where he's talking about how that spike protein is is just all over the body so uh maybe that's what's causing this um i've heard several other different places but you know i'm i'm not uh the scientist so most of these these places they don't they don't um they don't have to answer to me i I just provide them uh with the substance for them to study and i wish i had the answers more answers Yeah, so I think the basic thing is we can say is there's something in the blood that, um, you know, we don't know what it is. What what are your concerns with giving babies, um, you know, blood that we are not sure about what's actually happening after it's been injected with with this COVID so-called vaccine? Right. Well, I already know, and I I know you guys have have talked to Dr. James Thorpe, and you already know just even vaccinated mothers and and the the work that you guys have been doing, exposing the dangers, not just to the mother, but the unborn child. And early on, uh, I started noticing some uh, clots that were were found, and then I found the individual was not vaccinated. However, they had received some form of blood product. And usually it was, you know, um, a blood transfusion or some kind of platelets. Now, how long this stuff takes to uh, grow inside of the body, I don't know. But I brought that um, I brought that concern of mine with blood transfusions to Dr. Ryan Cole uh, several months ago. And even when I saw him in Idaho uh, back in September, and he again, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things that's it's hard to prove exactly. But one of the reasons why it's hard to prove nobody's investigating it. Uh, and I'm already seeing other reports of uh, abnormalities found in the blood of the vaccinated. And if it's already found in the vaccinated, then it stands to reason that you're taking a risk of receiving vaccinated blood if you're not already vaccinated. We're hearing stories of people that have had um, organ uh, donations. You know, if somebody receives an organ from a from a person after they get and then they get vaccinated, now they're having rejection rates are going up. 
And my next concern, again, like just same thing with the blood, what happens to a person that donates a heart that had been vaccinated and he donates that heart and, a, and an unvaccinated person gets that same, that organ? Will there be a complication? Um, these are great concerns. And, you know, with what's going on with baby Will and the parents, I feel that the parents should have a right in the, in, in the treatment of their children. And this all stems back down to freedom, which is if you don't have bodily autonomy of your own self, then you have no rights at all. I mean, if you can't say what goes into your body, then then the government owns you. And this is a freedom issue uh, here in the United States. We're, we're a little bit lucky because I know at our hospitals, if you're needing a surgery that's coming up and you don't want blood from just a blood bank, you can make arrangements. It costs money, of course. And you can make arrangements to uh, have them draw your blood prior to surgery. So that way, if you need it, then it's there for you. Um, but what's happening over there and other places in the world is it's frightening. It, it, it stems back down to freedom. I mean, you guys should have the right. And we, the people all across the world, need to understand this is not about a virus anymore. You know, it's all about bringing up fear about a virus so they can mask you, dehumanize you, make you become slaves and just become complacent and complicit. And before you know it, now they're mandating vaccines into people that don't want them. I've had so many stories, Hannah, uh, uh, from people that are, are, are medically ill and they're suffering. And what's, what's really heartbreaking is they got the shot against their will because they had to feed their family. So they went ahead and they bowed down and took it. Then they end up getting so sick that they lose their job. They lose their insurance and they have no more money left. And now where, where do they stand? These people that have done this to us. And I say us, even though I'm unvaccinated, there are family members that I have that are vaccinated and injured. And, and I recently found I had a family member that died two weeks after the injection. So this affects every one of us, every one of us. And we need to stand together. I am, I'm over here in the United States, and I just read a thing yesterday that the booster rate for those that are eligible is only about 11 to 12%. So that is telling you that the tide is turning. The people are waking up. They are starting to realize the dangers. And it's not just because of the documentary died suddenly and some of the stuff that you guys have been saying. It is because on top of what you guys have been exposing, on top of what all the others are exposing, they can see it for themselves. They know too many people that are injured. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the absurdity of all this, especially in New Zealand. For those who are watching around the world who don't yet know, this government passed the most extreme abortion laws where you can abort right up to birth. And if there's something goes wrong and you have just happened to have the child, then it's not allowed pain medication while it's dying. That is here in New Zealand. And here you have a child who's alive, whose parents love it, want the best for it. And the state wants to move in, remove parental rights and inhibit the best care for that child that proves there is absolutely something wrong with this picture Hannah 
Oh, well, Richard can Richard, comment. Sorry. Yeah, you go, Richard. Yes. No. Um. Y- yes. There's something very wrong with this picture. Um. I. I. You know. You know. I really like John O'Looney, and he says something that is, that's very, very important to all of us, no matter what your religion is. I believe that it is because we, all of us, not yeah, all of us, as a whole, as a society, has lost our moral compass. We have decided to follow humanistic ideas and thoughts, and we have kicked God, whatever God it is you want to worship. Mine, I'm a Christian, so you know where I stand. But because we have no moral compass, the abortion thing, for years now, I was once a pro-choice person. But years later, when after I found God and God really took on my heart and started to realize, you know, wake me up. If we do not honor and respect life in the beginning, what is there to stop people from not respecting life in the end? By God, last year they were shutting down and making it to where most people didn't even have funerals because you were only allowed to have so many people at a service during the lockdowns. This is... This is the problem when we follow our own hearts and we lose our moral compass. Now, um, uh, it might be a good idea here, just, you know, because you, you have seen so many deaths. Can you comment on the Medazolam scandal? Of course, um, you know, people like Dr. Mike Yeadon, um, former Pfizer scientist, have been talking out about that because, because not only are they trying to end life early on in the womb, they are also at the other end um, trying to encourage people to, to take uh, euthanasia drugs. Uh, it was only just before COVID that here in New Zealand that was brought into law. And obviously what's happening in Canada is really bad, how they're actually trying to say now anyone with a mental health problem um, can euthanize themselves. I mean, and, and, and midazolam is actually one of the drugs that's supposed to be used um, in the euthanasia um, drugs. So have you noticed anything with midazolam or is any, do you have any comments around that? Well, when it comes to midazolam, we, I've never heard of it being used over around wherever in the area that I live. So I do not know. I do know that um, fentanyl um, is used a lot in hospitals. And I know that an overdose of fentanyl will will kill you quickly. Um, And of course, it's done by prescription and all that kind of stuff. But there's a fentanyl issue over here in the United States that's coming across our borders illegally. And so we have that issue. Um, It makes me question in being put in the hospital they want to give you drugs to kind of help you ease your pain, but then you 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 look at fentanyl and it and it does similar things that midazolam does, and it basically allows you to relax to the point you don't even breathe anymore. So, well, wow. uh, I don't know about the midazolam. I do know that um, that you know we have issues over here, but it's not like it's not as bad as you guys have it over there. Yeah, you guys had um, remdesivir over there. That might have been the what, the drug that they were using more in um, in America. Yes, and maybe uh, the midazolam was more just solely in the UK because John O'Looney has spent a lot of time exposing that. So, um, I mean, yeah, maybe you want to touch on remdesivir because again, that was that was um, misused and and helped cause a and lot they of that premature in here. deaths. Yes, they did. Yes, I believe we, my, one of my wife's um, kind of one of her cousins, he, I, you know, we knew him. He was in the hospital. Um, he was not vaccinated. He would go up and down, up and down. I don't know exactly 100% of his, um, what kind of care he was receiving, but I do know that the, um, 
the CDC and them, all they recommended was uh, Randesivir. So it makes me question whether they were giving that to him and that would cause the problems up and down. Uh, the people that were, they were given um, Remdesivir to uh, that were on ventilators for long periods of time did the same thing as what happened with the midazolam. The, the people would come to us with, you know, organ failures. And because of that, their body would swell up with fluids. They're putting fluids in the body. Kidneys are shutting down. All of the fluid is building up in the tissues. And sometimes it was so much that you can almost recognize the individual. Um, but we have, I have not seen much of that since earlier last year. One thing I want to raise is that you you appeared in the um, excellent documentary Died Suddenly, mm -hmm. um, where you were actually all the way through there. Do you want to take the opportunity here, now that there's a massive worldwide audience watching, and actually fact-check the fact-checkers on that? Because they have tried to bastardize that left, right, and center. They, I mean, Forbes come out, everyone started slamming it as soon as it appeared, because for right. some reason, they were, they were afraid others might be looking at it. Yes. At first, it made me very frustrated, but then I got to realize, and they're really doing us a, a huge favor. So, you know, a shout out to the fact checkers because <laughs> they're bringing this attention to their readers. Okay. And so, um, after I got all upset, I was called by a fact checker, and I'd love to get this off my chest. Um, first thing they did. The position right now. What's that? Consider this your therapy session. You just let it out. Yes. So one of the things they try to do is to try to get me to say that I personally knew all of these embalmers and funeral directors that was in that film and that I kind of orchestrated all of this stuff, which isn't true. Then they had the gall to sit there and say, well, you know, what proof do you have that it's the vaccine? I said, well, you know, I can't prove that, but my gut tells me it is. And I'm pretty sure I'm right because of the timing. And if you look at the VAERS data and this fact checker said, oh, well, you can't trust the VAERS data. Yeah. I was like, yeah. you're right, because I was speaking to an RN, a registered nurse, the day before she called. And he told me, and this is in a, in a large city in Texas. And he told me that it takes them about 45 minutes to fill out the paperwork. But what's worse is the hospital administrators frown upon those nurses and doctors that fill out those reports. So I told her, I said, listen, you're right. The, the, the VAERS reporting data is not accurate. I can tell you right now, it's far worse than you can ever imagine. Then she was accusing me or basically trying to get me to say that I was being paid to be a part of this documentary. And I told her, I said, I nor anyone that I know has received one dime to do any of this. We are doing it solely to bring forward what we are seeing to warn the public. There's no money in it. I'm not being paid. As a matter of fact, you are being paid. You're being paid to try to find some kind of dirt to throw whatever it is we're saying under the bus. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. I believe I'm right. And if I am right, let the blood of the dead and the injured be on your hands and not mine. I was so angry that I could have just spit. 
Oh, oh yeah, I can imagine. And what what do you say to the people? Because some people do say that uh, the filmmakers used some um, fainting and they used, you know, a footage that happened before the rollout of the jab. Um, it's really important to address these things. I mean, what, what do you say to people when they bring that up? Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. Again, God wins in this story, okay? He wins in the end. So, yes, there was that footage, but it still apparently, from what I've understand, it falls in the line. But even if it does not, even if it doesn't, it will cause those to look up the information. And in, 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 in doing so, they will find hundreds, maybe thousands of more supporting documents and evidence that proves the point of the film. Had it been picture perfect, Let's just say there was nothing that those fact checkers could say. Would have it made the news? No, they would no. have just put it under the rug. So great. Come on, bring it on. Come on, bring it on. Just go ahead. One, I'm telling you, I have been contacted by more embalmers thanking me for coming forward. Again, I, I, the, the fact checker tried to tell me, oh, well, it's already been proven that the, uh, the, the the pathologists say these are typical postmortem clots. I was like, oh, really? I had a I have had a medical examiner tell me the same thing. So now now answer me this. Then how come me with 21 years of experience now, embalmers with 30, 40, 50 years, until last year, we've never seen this before? Really? Somebody's lying. And y'all should figure that one out. And as you say, it's the timing, the timing that that makes it, it's just self-evident. Everything's yes. tripping along fine. All of a sudden right. they say, hey, we've got a pandemic. We can make billions off this for you suckers. We're going to give you, get you, make you afraid of the cold and flu. Um, highlight a few people who naturally die from that anyway. And we're going to jab the shit out of everyone. What happens then? Boom. All of a sudden, that's where your pandemic starts after the jab, not before. Yes. And, you know, again, if you look at it, had these fact checkers, I did a little bit more research into some of those fact checkers, because now that I'm no longer angry with them, I'm actually applauding them, thanking them for bringing more attention to this subject, to the people that we would never reach. Let them make their own decision. And I started looking at a lot of the comments and I swear more than 50% of the comments of their readers are throwing them under the bus going, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. You're just trying to discredit these people over little nitpicky things. But I know an embalmer who said they're seeing the same thing. I'm seeing these kind of comments through their threads. And so again, I applaud them for bringing that. If that film would have been squeaky, squeaky, squeaky clean, they would have just pretended it never existed. Yeah, Richard, and I, I actually tend to agree with you um, in some of that because it's the same uh, with people like us or, you know, people criticizing um, Liz Gunn and the way she's brought this story of baby Will forward. People uh, love to criticize the mainstream media actually saying that we would use baby Will for our own gains or because somehow, you know, we're making money out of it or because we want the clout. I mean, this is just absolute, um, you know, just 
completely ad hominem attacks, absolutely, absolutely untrue. But, you know, the fact that they're talking about it in mainstream media is what matters because this story about this baby is actually like, like with died suddenly, it's bringing more people to the story, waking them up. They haven't actually had to think about these sorts of things anymore. Um, I mean, and you've got, you've got Cornelia um, Hertzler over there in America as well that, you know, she actually did lose her baby after a, a transfusion, a jab transfusion. I mean, how are you right. seeing things moving forward? Like, do you think we're going to see more babies who are actually needing transfusions and we're going to be seeing a really, you know, a high rate of baby deaths? I am seeing a change in the hearts of the people all around. Um, the problem will continue to get worse if we continue to do nothing. But thanks to people like you and many others that are standing up and speaking, um, the tide is turning and they are going to realize that we have a serious world problem here. The blood banks, I'm afraid, are. I'm glad, Hannah, that you brought up that that story because I couldn't remember it, but I remember it was it was a while back and this baby got a, tr- a blood, had to receive blood and, and it formed almost instant clots and it killed that child. So can we prove 100% is the blood is contaminated? Well, you know, those are for experts. I'm just an embalmer. But there's too much evidence that's out there that says, why risk it? And it's amazing that those people that are trying to accuse you guys of trying to do this to drum up money and all this other stuff, what are they being paid? Who's paying them? They're being paid to sit there and try to discredit you and, and your organization and many others while they influence and sit there and take your rights as a people away from you. It's time that people stand up. People ask me this question. Maybe y'all have been asked this question too. Why, why don't, why don't all these other people stand up? You know, I was a soldier for 10 years and thank God I was never in battle, but you know what? The soldier on the very front line has got to be the hardest position to be in. They have to fight. And if they were not there fighting, that means the enemy would just simply roll over and they will come for you too. So we need soldiers to stand up and fight. And there are different types of soldiers. So you've got yourselves, Hannah and Calvin, people like myself that were up here speaking and many of the others that are talking and speaking. We are the frontline fighters. Then you have some other people that are, they're not frontline fighters, but they can participate in the fight. And how do they do that? By supporting your organization, by supporting those that are standing up there fighting for those trying to save humanity. And then you have the other ones that are in the back and they're so scared to do nothing. Well, you know, they need us to support them. But if they're unwilling to fight and we lose because not enough people stand up, they will be the next target. So we we have to stand. I said it before. I would rather die for something than die for nothing. And I have received a threat uh, just recently where my phone was hacked in and a voice on the other line saying something like, I'm going to I'm going to find you or I'm going to get you. While I was talking to a funeral home, it just broke in my line and said that. And then next thing you know, they exited my line. And I say, you know what? Anytime these people want to say stuff like that. I'm not going to run and hide. 
I'm going to expose it out there. Oh, uh, I'm still not suicidal, you two. So if anything ever happens to me, just we'll let you, you know. We made notes of that before. Yes. <laughs> it's, so. actually, it's, it's actually in the wallet. It's actually, we've got it in a safe. Richard Hirschman yeah. is not suicidal. If he suddenly drops dead and dies suddenly, then it was anything other than natural causes. Yeah, and he'll never take the jab, so we can't blame it on that. Exactly. So, so Richard, like, how how do you encourage then those people to to find the courage um, to actually step up and do what's needed right now? Well, um, like I said, since the documentaries come out, I have received um, you know several messages, uh, and I've seen it also on on threads that people are talking about. They are saying thank you, this, that, and the other, and. I think as, as again, the, the public opinion is turning. And so as the public opinion turns, people will become less and less afraid. And as that happens, the people that are trying to suppress you, they're going to continue to try to put the pressure on people to shut up and to be quiet. But if enough of us are standing up and moving forward, then we will outnumber them. I, I've seen some of the images that's coming from China. And, you know, they're not armed, but people need to remember something. There are way more of you than there are of them. And the police that are watching those so-called law enforcement, what are you, def what are you policing? Are you trying to oppress the citizens of your own country, your own city, you need to wake up and realize what side are you on? Who are you there for? Are you there to protect people or are you there to suppress people? And as the people wake up and realize that they are being manipulated by the governments, the people, listen, there's one cop, he may have 15 bullets in his gun. If there are 100 people that take on that one officer, he won't have enough. He won't have enough. It'll have to come down to people are going to get people are starting to get angry. I've already seen it. People are starting to get angry and they're going to lash out and yeah. the police better wait. Watch out because they're they're going to be called in to go down to suppress the masses. But the masses outnumber them by yeah. huge numbers. And there's a few people that are frontline people. We uh, myself. I'd probably, I would be willing to take a bullet for somebody else because the future of humanity is at stake here. The future of humanity is at stake. These people have to be reined in and the people need to have their freedom and yeah. have yeah. the ability to move. I mean, who shut down the governments? Who shut down the hospitals? Who shut down your ability to go visit your neighbor or visit your mother in, in, in a nursing home? Who stopped you from seeing your loved one in the hospital? And who's forcing everybody to wear a mask, dehumanizing the people? Who's the one that's out? Who are the ones that are out there taking your rights away little by little? 
Yeah. It's not it won't neighbor. be. It certainly won't be forgotten. And um, I just want to say for all the the police and the SIS agents that are currently watching, and the government, and um, all all you awesome people who think we are somehow the terrorists, we are not inciting violence on this platform, um, and we certainly aren't initiating in any sort of uh, civil war or armed uprising. And like Richard said, but if only you could see inside my head. <laughs> and um, and and like Richard said, if you can see what's happening in China, how uh, they, you know. China is so suppressed. And in fact, Richard, maybe just before you go and we wrap it up, um, China is where they want the whole world to go, isn't it? Yes, it is. And that's why we need to pay attention. We need to stop watching, like John O'Looney says, stop watching TikTok and the latest episode of Who's on the Island and wake up and realize what's happening in our world. And so I'm not I'm not advocating for an uprising. I am trying to sit there and tell those people, those politicians that are out there, those people that are in charge of the policies that are out there. You better wake up. The people will hold these people you accountable if you don't turn from your wicked ways. I'm a very big God fearing man. And and Jesus said back in the day, no one will know the day nor the hour when the end comes. And that, but also earlier in, in, in the same Bible, it sits there and says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, I will heal their land. We have an option. We have an opportunity. We always have an opportunity to change our course. But if we do not change our course, we are in big, big trouble. And those people that are trying to force this down on the people will have to uh, will have to answer for their the, for their actions. They just will. Absolutely, 100%. There is a um, sea change coming. You can feel it now. There's a human yep. tsunami of energy. You know, I didn't, never used to be into all this woo-woo stuff. That was always her job. I was always the wanting to kick the doors down, drag them off, and hang them by the nearest lamppost, you know, like, like, like let's face it, most blokes do. Because our job, we feel emancipated. We actually yep. feel like wimps. Like we have, we're caught between a rock and a hard place. If we do something, we're called all sorts of things and we've got this toxic masculinity going. And if we sit there, well, then we're, we're just estrogen-fueled bloody, you know, people looking for pronouns. Um, and so, yeah, it's difficult. It is absolutely difficult. And when I, later on, when we have a bit of a guy's chat, we exit the females and we bring the blokes and we have a bit of a chat later. I'll be discussing this very thing because I think that needs to be said out there. You know, we their righteous anger is good, and we need to channel that with the, everyone else. And like you say, take that human tsunami because it's building. It's right there and starting to flow, and you can see the pushback coming. This here, uh, this rallying cry, especially here in New Zealand, has ignited something in people like Wellington did when we were there, before we were brutally put down by the servants of that uh, of the uh, person who wants to administer that Satan stab. But anyway, right. I you digress. Know- last time remember last time i I don't know if i said on your program i sat there and say they according to according to the almighty google right the human human humanistic god over five billion people in this planet have been vaccinated so what happens as the i mean it's already here in the united states that the tide has turned the majority of the people are against this what happens when the when half of the world's population realizes they've been potentially poisoned by their own damn governments? Yep. There is going to be a reckoning. And you hopefully we can do this peacefully at the polls. But again, those people that are in charge, if you're going to hold on, you're going to be held accountable. And, and I believe in the uh, 
The Nuremberg uh, trials, there needs to be a, a, a rehashing of that trial because there are way too many people that uh, that have forced this against the will of the people. No, you're exactly right, Richard. And once again, thank you very much for coming. If anyone wants to see a previous episode we did, that's episode 74 with John O'Looney in the UK, Aaron Brenton Faithful, and they go in depth and show, of course, the receipts of what they've seen at the end of life. You're an absolute legend, and we'll have you back on again. Thank you so much, uh, Calvin and Hannah. Thanks, Richard. Really appreciate that. Hey, you're, you were so much more fired up as well. Um, it's good to see to you. Last time. It's great. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. get you on with Calvin um, and, the, and the boys for a man chat and uh, really just, you know, have a heart to heart. And um, we can lead each other astray. I've, I, you know, you know, you two, I have tried really hard for the longest time to try to remain calm and speak and try to be, but I'm telling you, as as I read all of these posts from these fact checkers, and they're facing me, and they're trying to cut me down, and I see what they're trying to do. Yes, see, the anger is building right here. Ex- what you just said there. There's been a few people around me at times who have tried to contain me. Okay, because it's hard because we know the stuff, we've seen the stuff, we experienced the stuff, we've been there on the tour, and we've seen the pain in people's eyes. And when we sit there and we think about it, it's hard not for that emotion to take grip, you know? And so I don't want to be quiet anymore. I'm not going to be curtailed. I'm not going to be silenced and squished down and say, you've got to articulate yourself in this particular way. You can get stuffed. I'm going to tell it like it is. And if you don't like it, too damn bad. Thanks, Richard. You are the that's, man. That's, that's, you, that's, why, that's why we need to stand up. You're, you're absolutely right. I am so tired of self-censoring myself that it's it's time to it's time to fight it's time to fight awesome thanks majority think the way we do really appreciate you coming on (laughs) all right hannah all right cheers okay so what we're going to do now is uh we are under pressure now with the time and what we're going to do is just so that we can bring our next guests on who are another couple of brilliant guys as well who are sick of the censorship They've also been called uh, misogynistic and all sorts of other things. While we line that up, uh, let's go um, to a video, um, Jacinda, and uh, it is video seven for our um, tech extraordinaires. Um, We'll play that, Jacinda and JB, and uh, we'll come back after that. Get a quick update uh, from John O'Fru and Farmer James, who are convoying on their... um, four-wheel drive and this particular one here so in the yeah in the four-wheel drive you're right and this particular sorry go quick up to the court case for um baby will where he will be making a second appearance so this one here is is you 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 decide which one of these two in this video is parroting the new world order and which one isn't over the past few weeks the world has changed and it has changed very quickly this is because we are experiencing an unprecedented event a global pandemic that in New Zealand, we have moved to fight by going hard and going early. This idea that we lock down society for a full full year uh, in, in trying to control the, the spread of the disease, that is not consistent with how we've dealt with any pandemic in the last hundred years. Focus protection is not exactly. anything new. So you identify the folks who are at risk, give them tools to reduce and mitigate their risk consistent with their human rights. That's what you do. That's the lockdown harms are worse than COVID. It's because mm-hmm. we're harming our kids. We're harming the poor with the lockdowns in ways that are almost impossible to recover from. I know this current situation is causing huge disruption and uncertainty. And right now, I cannot tell you when that will end. Anyone that studies public health understands 
that public health is a complicated thing. It's a human thing. People are connected to one another. You can't just simply isolate infection control from every other aspect of people's lives. It is an inhuman approach, but humans aren't like that. People are complicated. They need many, many things, much more than just infection control. They need connection to other people. They need ability to to, make a living for their family. They need um, to, to, to uh, t- time with one another. They need all kinds of things. And alert level four. This is where we have sustained transmission. This is where we eliminate contact with each other altogether. We basically threw out a, a, a generation of knowledge that we had been worked so hard to build up about how to deal with something like this. And we threw it out the window. Uh, none of this is normal. Um, and it has great psychological and medical and other kinds of consequences. I still think of this as the biggest public health mistake, these lockdowns as the biggest public health mistake we've ever made. And the harm to people is catastrophic. The vast majority of people who will ever have COVID-19 will only experience mild to moderate symptoms. I spent my career trying to understand how, how policies can help or hurt vulnerable people. Every poor person in the face of the earth has been harmed by these lockdowns. I just feel an obligation to speak up for them. And we know how to look after one another. And right now, what could be more important than that? So thank you for all that you're about to do. Please be strong, be kind, and unite against COVID-19. Come back come back to me. Come back to me. There we go. Whoa, we'll still go back here in the back room. I'll tell you what, I'll take that. If you had a look through into his little box right now, He'd be all caught up in wires and, well, he's probably be, have to be like an ex, uh, what, a contortionist to get things all, all done on time because we're running him ragged. So he's uh, he's doing a marathon. Okay, joining me now are uh, two blokes on the uh, four-wheel ride. It's like four-wheel drive, but it's a four-wheel drive. Um, and we have... John O'Fru. John O'Fru and, and Farmer, Farmer James. James. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, thank you. Good. There you go. So yeah, whereabouts are you in the country at the moment? We've just come through Cheviot in North Canterbury, and we're heading for Auckland. Cool. Okay. Now, where? where so, when you get to Auckland, what's your ultimate destination? Uh, the we want to try and make it for the um, candlelight vigil for at first, and uh, is that on tomorrow night? Hopefully. Hopefully I've got my days right, because otherwise I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Tuesday morning. Have a beer? What if the stop have a beer and re, 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 recalibrate your bearings? Um, what drove you to um want to do this? What what sparked it within you? We thought, hang on a minute, something's here. I've got to do this. Uh well well power. Uh no, well, yeah, that's pretty serious, but it's um it's it's just I see well as a representation of all of us. Um and if it doesn't stop with wills, right to choose, I don't see when it's going to stop. I just, I just see it as a president setting type, um, I don't know, decision. And yeah. I think that it's it's a cause worth, I think it's a hill worth dying on. We're right on a hill right now, actually. Um, yeah. and well, let's hope you're not going to die. <laughs> no, you know, like I just think it's, um, if you're in a battle, it's a hill worth dying on with this whole will and the, power to choose and the right to choose and i think it, it cross it um goes beyond the whole anti-vax bloody rally rally bull crap it's actually yeah. just the right to choose what goes in your body in mm. my opinion yeah. and um i think the government and the court need to prove or the hospital who are trying to prove it need to prove that it's safe and effective which they have never done Definitely. and um you shouldn't have to prove that normal blood safe and effective because i think we've been doing that for how many years so we mm. already know that 
Okay, Jono, what's your take on it? What drove you personally? Oh, look, for me, um, my children, we had a car accident in 2020. My son broke his neck and was in the starship for a long time. He did have to receive a lot of blood. He was bleeding, bleeding in his brain. And I put myself back then before we had all this nonsense of what blood is clean and what's not, or, you know, even the concept of clean blood. And I think to myself, man, if that was now, would I be okay with this? And the answer is no, I wouldn't be. Um, as a parent of young children, you know, we need to be able to be responsible for making decisions for our children because they're not at an age where they can, like even to be able to choose a, any medical procedure at the ages that we're talking about. My kids, it's, it's actually my son's birthday today. He's turning seven today, but he was four when we had this accident. And I just think, man, you know, if I wasn't able to have that choice, how would I feel? And I think what James is saying is right. It's like if if, if it if we don't get to make a decision at this level of what blood we get to have for our children, what else do we lose the right to choose with? So I, for me, I just come down from Auckland on actually on Friday and attended my son's birthday in Omaru and now back in the truck with James heading north back to Auckland again. So, yeah, just, just one of those moments where James and I spoke and we talked about things in the past. And when we came up with the idea of, of four-wheel drive, just like a couple of um, men from the agricultural sector called to do something. This time it all lined up, didn't it, James? It sort of was like, right, this is the time. This is the opportunity. Let's organise what we need to organise in our in our busy lives, and let's do this. It wasn't the easiest thing to try and organise in two days. I was working this weekend, so <laughs> I got up morning at five thirty, got the cows in, and then pretty much got my stuff together and jumped in the truck and just took off. So. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's just what you've got to do. For our international audience, if you check the New Zealand map and, and look at Omaru and then and look at Auckland, it's not just a trip up the road. So these Well, James has actually come from, from Gore or Clinton. It's even um, further. Yeah, we've already yeah. been on the road since 7 o'clock this morning. So how long in total is, is the road trip, just for those out there, for our international guests? Uh, and of course, there's a three-hour crossing on the ferry. 23.59 minutes, it said on the... Uh, <laughs> on the, on the GPS, yeah, yeah. Trust me, that that's always wrong. Do you notice that? Yeah, no, I don't really know. As you get closer, if James is driving. You can pretty much shave an hour or two off that. I can assure you. <laughs> don't tell the police. <laughs> no, that's that's good, guys. Hopefully, um, hopefully it will come up um later on as well, and um, we'll catch up with you again to get another update for the boys' road trip. And uh, happy birthday to your son. That's from us awesome. here at Countess Media, Free NZ, United Free Press, and of course, the world watching. Awesome. Thanks, Thank guys. You guys. Thanks, guys. Okay, we're going to go, we're going to play just so we can get the next load of guests reset. Uh, we're all moving on the hop here. We're going to play. I, can a- I just ask something, Kevin? How many hours was it? I missed yeah. that. How many hours did they say? A lot. There was a, a lot. lot. <laughs> How many? 23, Liz. 23. Hey, Liz. Good, to, good course, to see the, my brothers from the Amoa, a matter of authenticity. Um, we are, we do a weekly podcast, but I think Kelvin struck lucky. He got he won the lotto. He got to interview we'll yeah, talk they're to you. Yeah, good blokes. That's Kiwi bloke. Blokes got to talk to blokes, you know. Absolutely. They're good guys. Really good to see what you're doing. But I also wanted to say just quickly before we go to this, what an amazing interview with Richard. Uh, I thought that was just an outstanding interview. And, and Richard, the way he speaks, and he's so fearless and honest and so many truths in there boy his quality and that was a that was a great amazing guy yeah
How dumb do you think most of us are? Are you selling the truth or are you helping facades? Are you holding the knife or are you helping the scars? We never asked for this life, you knew the truth from the start. You're making the public go at each other, tear each other down to the point where we'll never recover. You do it with race and color, hate is your bread and butter, the rules are getting tougher. I know the reason is control, but the sentiment's getting old. You can't ignore it anymore because we know you're involved. I've never seen the world push an agenda right under our nose and have the whole world eat out of your palm and toes. I get it though. We both know there's more dummies than smart guys. There's more lazy people on smartphones and hard drives that would rather get told what to do from the far side. Feel sorry for themselves and blame it all on the hard times. And then they'll switch to anger and blame it all on the non-vax. Exactly what you want us all to do, cause I'm not that stupid as you think I see past all the contacts So much truth, that's why I know you won't respond back You hate that we exist, you wish we'd die or just comply And I'm the guy you shoot because your shoes are untied And I'm the one that likes to remind you every time That if I die from vaccinated, who pays for my son's life? Cause it's not Fize Is it you or who? Saying it's not mandatory and then change the story 140 times until the lies cause an army to forcefully hold us down Cause we do not want your poison a harm and disarm me and discredit anybody who was not a part of your party I'm starting to think that you don't care about the facts Only the fact that you're driving the nation to pick a side and dividing us into separate groups And kill the ones who defying and trying to wake the ones who comply Families torn apart cause there's cavities on your heart Say that it's for our safety then safely tear us apart so we're hating each other's guts you wanted this from the start you know what you're fucking doing that's the reason why you're in charge so cut the bullshit we know the fight i got you by the ass and a mask it's money over how think before you ask or one day it will be illegal to think or speak freely and the only information allowed is from the tv wait that's what's happening now It's making us stronger, strong as her 